This is another episode of the Peak Signing Agents Podcast with me, your host, DVO Derek Van Otten, and I'm honored to be here with you today to help you become the best notary and signing agent you can be to serve our clients. Thanks again for tuning in. Okay, on this episode, I want to talk about proper identification because I see this question asked a lot. Is this acceptable? Can I use this? I heard this happened. So I want to break it down for you. And if you find like this is helpful for you or you think this will be helpful for any other notary or signing agent, please share this episode with them. Please tag it in Facebook groups when you hear people questioning it. Please subscribe and follow also the YouTube channel or the podcast. I'm on all podcast platforms. And this is the most consistent and most episodes of a notary podcast there is. Just want to point that out there. All right. First of all, Number one, when it comes to identification, when it comes to IDing the signers, number one thing I want to say is always follow your state laws. That is number one. Most state laws, however, are kind of compatible, right? There's Most state laws are going to be pretty similar. So I feel comfortable talking about this because I think most states are going to be following these guidelines. But again, reference back because in all honesty, a lot of these questions I see it might be answered in your state's handbook from the state, from the lieutenant governor, from the secretary of state. It might be in your state's handbook already. You just have to thoroughly read it. But I still want to go through it because sometimes you're reading it. Maybe it just doesn't make sense to you. Now, I am from the beautiful, great state of Utah. And I want to talk about what my state allows. And like I said, I think most states follow this. But... For my state, they require either a passport from any country. So a passport from any country. And that's what I've been doing a lot with, with, with my Ron. Because I'm dealing with people that are outside the country. And they've got passports though. They, I, did, did, I just did one with somebody that had a Chinese passport. I just did one with someone that had a Bosnian passport. So I'm dealing with people with different countries' passports because it's allowable in my state. So a passport from any country or an ID from government. That's what it says. An ID from government. So it's that's the U.S. or any state. So what does that mean, any state? Well, it's like a driver's license, a state ID. What is the U.S.? Military ID, for example. Right. These, these are examples of ID from government that my state allows. But it must have three items. And I believe most states also are like this too. But again, check with your state's handbook. But it must have three things. A photograph. So it's a picture, right? That's number one. You got to have a picture so you can identify them. And it's got to have uh, a signature. So they have signed it. Again, driver's license. So that's why that's perfect. And physical description. Name. Height. Weight. Eye color. Right? Hair color. Right? These are things that, you, that my state says that they have to be there for me to ID somebody. So basically, I only try to accept... Four things, essentially. A passport, a military ID, a driver's license, or a state ID. Like Those are the four things that I must have. Um, or, you know, another one, a green card. Actually, a green card. That is issued from the government. And it's U.S. So that actually is also acceptable. I've actually taken one of those. What's not valid in my state, and again, I think this is going to be in most states, is a driver's privilege card. Not a driver's license, a driver's 
privilege card. Most driver privileges cards are not even allowed. Like people can't fly with those most of the time. They can't use a birth certificate, a marriage license, a social security card, a social security card, or any other document which does not meet the criteria of photograph, signature, physical description. Okay. Now I've gone into a signing where they have an ID and it doesn't match the name. They're like, well, we have a marriage license. I can't accept a marriage license though. That's the thing. Like it says in, in my handbook, I'm looking right at it. I cannot accept a marriage license. It's got to be a passport from any country or an ID issued from government. And that's what it says. Or it's actually, it says, or foreign. So I could accept a foreign driver's license. I, I could accept a Canadian driver's license as long as it had those other criteria, photograph, signature, physical description. I could accept those too. Now, here's the thing too I want to talk about. So some states, like my state, it doesn't actually spe specify it must be unexpired. In some states, because of, especially because of COVID, but now they've been a little lenient, they don't require a that criteria that it must be unexpired. So for some states' notorial laws, as long as they have an ID that qualifies, even though it's been expired for maybe three months, that's still acceptable. But let, let me go back a little bit on this. That's acceptable for general notary work. Maybe even a seller's package that only the title company is dealing with. But if you, if someone's buying or refinancing a home and the lender is involved, the mortgage company is involved in the transactions, just because it's allowed in your state to take an expired ID, it does not mean the mortgage company will accept that on the Patriot Act, right? The Patriot Act was introduced because of 9-11 and, and, and potential terrorism. And so the U.S. put together the Patriot Act to validate people are who they are and not using funds or anything like that for terrorism. That's a controversial political topic that I won't get into, uh, but that's out there. Anyway, just because your state might allow it, it does not mean the lender will allow it. That is something I just want to emphasize. I recently had one. The notary went out there. They did the signing. They sent the documents back to title. Now, I actually, when I review the scans, I'm actually not looking at what the ID is written down as. Okay, when I'm looking at scans, I'm just kind of briefing over, making sure everything's signed, stamped, dated, initialed certain things there's certain things i'm looking for and i do make sure if the patriot act wants to one or two forms of id i do look to make sure there are one or two forms of id one thing i'm not really looking or paying attention to is is the id that they provided unexpired because i just assume someone would not accept an expired id now i get it because in this notary state it does not have to be unexpired they can accept an expired ID for notary for notary work, not for loans though. So I had to reach out to the to the notary and say, "Hey, you accepted this. There's a holdup now because even though your state allows you to notarize or meet with somebody that has an expired ID, the Patriot Act, the lender does not allow that though. This is something you should have probably asked about, and this is not acceptable. Now again, if this was just a seller packet, if this was just a seller packet." and they're selling a house, 
and they just need the ID just to validate the person who's signing on the warranty deed is really that person, but it's expired, that probably will be okay as long as it's okay in that person in that notary state. That'd be okay. But where the Patriot Act needs to be fill in with an unexpired ID and they need a copy of that ID, you cannot use an ID that has been expired. So this was a recent story that came across that I wanted to share with all of you, right? That's important to know your state laws. And some states allow you to use a credible witness. Now understand your state's laws very clearly on this. My state laws is, it must be a credible witness known by the signer and the notary. So it cannot be, oh, your, oh, your neighbor is a credible witness. You know your neighbor. I can ask your neighbor if that's really you. But the problem is I don't know your neighbor. So that wouldn't be a credible witness. Now, some states, they do allow you to use a credible witness that as long as they can vouch for them and say, yep, that's my neighbor. That's my friend. That's my brother. Here's my ID. You know, you can put that in your, your uh, notary journal. And that's okay. That's okay in some states. In my state, it has to be a credible witness known by both parties, signer and notary, which becomes an issue a lot of times. That becomes an issue. But if you know what's acceptable, if you're always going for a driver's license and they don't have it, that's that's what the issue is. But as long as they've got something else, green card, military, state ID, passport, in my state, if they've got those, then they're fine. Now, again, this is all, this is all related that I'm talking to you about, about loan signing, though. So purchases, refinances, anything to deal with the Patriot Act. That's what I'm talking about. For general notary work, hey, you know what? If your state doesn't care if it's expired or not, as long as you can kind of prove it's them, wonderful, great. But when it comes to loan signings, all right, it cannot be expired. And if you have questions, go to your handbook. That's your, that's your best friend. You should, you should know how to access your state's handbook. Either have a hard copy with you, know where to go. Like I, I can actually go print it or have it easily on, on my state's website. I know exactly the website to go to. I know exactly where to click and boom, there's my state handbook. I know right where to go to find it anytime if I, if I do have a question. Now, a peak signing agent knows their state's laws. I've read my state handbook multiple times. I've gone through it multiple times. I pass my state's exam easily. I studied over the weekend. I read I read it a couple times. I studied it uh, over the weekend. I, I think it was uh, a Friday, Saturday I studied. Sunday morning I studied a little bit more. And then Sunday I took the test. And I missed one question on my state exam. I just found it super easy. I thought it's important for me to be a peak signing agent and know my state's laws inside. Now I don't have a question. I don't have any questions. I have to answer a lot of questions for my escrow officers. Like I just told you a story where they said, hey, I just, I have this situation. They have a marriage certificate. Is that acceptable? Like, no, it's not acceptable. That is not acceptable form of ID, a marriage certificate. It's got to be their ID. It's got to have their name. Their name has to match the documents, right? If, if the name is different, it's not going to match. Now, if the document says Mike and their ID says Michael, but the same last name, let's just say Jordan, right? It says Mike Jordan and their ID says, the document says Mike Jordan and their ID says Michael Jordan. Guess what? I know that's the same person, right? If it's, if the document uh, says Bill Zuniga and their ID says William Zuniga, I know that's my good friend, Bill. That's the same person because that's an interchangeable name. 
So in those types of situations, that's okay. Well, then double check with your state. But as far as I know, as long as you can interpret that to them, that that's okay. But again, check with your state laws. I know specifically California can be very tricky. The ID is exactly how it is on the documents. Speaking of that, if I was in a state that was like that, where the your state requires that the ID, the driver's license, and the documents have the exact same names. Michael has to be Michael. It can't be Mike. It has to be Michael. If there's a middle name, there's got to be a middle name. If the document says Michael Jeffrey Jordan, their ID must say Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Do you guys know who that is? Well, I don't like him. <laughs> anyway, um, there's got to be that. Okay, so if I am a peak signing agent and I'm calling to verify who I'm meeting with, and I'm saying, hey, this is the time, this is the location, this is the person I'm meeting with, is this all correct? Yes. And then I get the documents from the title company. I am calling up them again saying, okay, great, just want you to let you know, I just got your documents. I'm, I'm planning to be there right on time, just as we planned. Just double check with you real quick that you will have ID with you and your ID is valid and it says this, whatever it says on the document. That's what I would do. I would call them and verify. If that, if that was my state. In my state... Um, it does not have to be exact, right? If, if, the, if, the, if their ID just has like a first and last name and hey, that's fine in my state, that's okay. But if it wasn't, I, as soon as I got documents, I'd be calling and verifying their ID match the documents. That way you don't get there and surprise, you cannot complete the signing. That's what a peak signing agent would do. All right. Uh, I hope that helps you. I hope that does. Right, read your state's handbook, get it from the state, know where to get it, buy a copy if you need to, download it, print it, whatever you need to do. Have, have it on a PDF somewhere on your phone, put it in your, in, your, in your drive, somewhere we have access to it so you don't have questions. Know it, read it, understand it inside and out. The whole, the whole book, all right? Your whole state handbook. All right, I hope that helps you guys. Keep being awesome. Keep being a peak signing agent and always follow the law. That's number one. Because if you break the law, you can't do anything if you lose your commission or go to jail or pay hefty fines. Not worth it. Definitely not worth it. Okay. Talk to you later.